Welcome to the It Was a Thing on TV podcast, episode 21, submission 102, the $1.98 Beauty Show. It was syndicated and it aired from September of 1978 to September of 1980 for 78 episodes. From Hollywood, the glamour capital of the world, join us in a make-believe search for the most beautiful girl on earth. $1.98 Beauty Show, an entertainment spectacular if ever there was one, where beauty is not only in the eyes of the beholder, but also on this very stage. Tonight, the $1.98 Beauty Show will continue its relentless spoof of all of those other so-called beauty contests. And although this is not a real contest, we will bring you our version of the all-American beauty, that one-of-a-kind girl who not only has personality and poise, but beauty and talent as well. Yes, sir, the $1.98 Beauty Show will be bringing you tons of talented and beautiful women every single week. Happy women, terrified women, women singing and dancing and parading about in the latest bathing suits from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of San Tropez. And now, here's the host and star of the show, Mr. Beauty himself, Rip Taylor. Exciting and beautiful women you've ever seen on this stage, waiting to find out which one will be this week's Dine 98 Beauty. One of which is the beautiful Tahitian dancer who once said, I want everyone to see my beautiful body. We'll meet her and her competition right after this message. <laughs> and guys. The 70s were a wild time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man, it was such a time in America. People were disco dancing. People were doing coke. And people were watching weird television like this. The $1.98 Beauty Show. And boy, guys, this was something else. Yeah, uh, we were talking a couple weeks ago about Jiggle Television. This was either a parody of it. Or a celebration of it, depending on your personal purview. But they were here for it for two whole seasons. Greg, you said at the beginning of the 70s were a time for discoing, for doing coke, and for weird television shows? Yep. I think you just like did the textbook definition of Chuck Barris right there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chuck Barris I... kept it clean. Yes, Yo, he was I... twisted, but he kept it clean. Hey, I didn't get into the, the to the other stuff Chuck Barris was allegedly doing in the 70s. Oh, there's movies about that uh, and books about that. Uh, uh, Confessions yeah. of a Dangerous Mind is definitely a must-see if you want to learn more about the subject. But yeah, Chuck Barris, he was... Dare I call him an anti-producer? Uh, he, he was an, an anti-he was sort of... King of the anti-producers, anti-hosts. Yes, he kept on the up and up behind the scenes, but 
when when his face was on the camera and his name was in the credits, you are almost assured of a at least at the very least a good time and b. Well, that was pretty much it because uh, one of Chuck Barris's hallmarks is to quote Julie Chen: "Expect the unexpected." I, I would and- take it a step further and add the word lunacy. Uh, he. If you look at the shows he did, uh, now he uh, produced Newlywed Game and Dating Game. He didn't create the the Newlywed Game, though. That was Nicholson and Muir who did pay cards and super pay cards. <laughs> How they went from Newlywed Game to super pay cards, who the hell knows? But also uh, he did Treasure Hunt and he did Gong Show, which is by far his most popular show. Uh, he also did... Uh, Three's a crowd, which spoiler is a future entry. <laughs> but also he did spoiler future entry camouflage. I'm sorry, those two shows are absolutely horrible. I mean, he sort of hit his apex around 77, 78, and then he just went right down the mountain. He went to Three's a crowd and camouflage. The new Treasure Hunt was decent, or, or the Treasure Hunt, oh, oh, the syndicated love, version. Love, Treasure was Hunt was awesome. Jeff Treasure Edwards. Hunt was great, but but oh, he, he eighty-one started... Treasure Hunt. We gotta put eighty-one Treasure Hunt is the best. Yes, I didn't think is. we were gonna cover it at Treasure Hunt, but that's a possibility. Um, the, yeah, we should. Hunt. We should. Well, there, there were Treasure there were like three versions of Treasure Hunt to cover, so that'll was... take an hour. Put it on the list. There you go. Show prep in the middle of an episode. Awesome. So, so let's. So we go to 1976, where ABC cancel. ABC had already canceled the uh, dating game and the newlywed game, but they had encouraged him to revive the dating game and the newlywed game for syndication, as well as adding another show because, again. He also had the Gog Show going on on NBC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he and he came up with sort of a pastiche on the beauty show, the beauty, the beauty contest, which is which was basically let's do Miss America if it were. 30 minutes long, and we didn't have the budget for anything extravagant. We, we had a budget of two, $2. <laughs> Not <That's> even all... $2. <laughs> That's all we can give away, folks. $1.98. We gotta give this away. It's like, okay, and we need somebody who was like Burt Parks, but willing to work for scale. Enter Rip Taylor! Oh, who was... Oh. Yeah, who he was... He he indeed is legend, and God God bless him. We lost him last year, and he is always willing to make himself the butt of every joke. And he he was king of that on this show. Well, let's start with how the show actually was laid out. Uh, it was like any other talent show. You had the opening of the show, uh, and they. Uh, in the opening of the show, 
you had Rip Taylor come out with a bevy of beauties and a couple on his arms, and he'd walk down like the, the catwalk, the runway there. And once he got to the contestants, what happened? He did Rip Taylor. He pulled out a big bag of confetti and just flung it everywhere. Don't care if it gets in people's eyes or mouths. Here, you get confetti, you get confetti, you get confetti. And there is at least even one episode where the audience had confetti with them and started throwing their confetti at Rip Taylor. <laughs> it's like, I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know... It's, it's just was giving... like confetti everywhere. I, I'd hate to be the janitorial staff cleaning if there up were, every if, it, if there was any more confetti, it would have run for six months on Facebook. Oh, too soon. <laughs> I'll tell you, t- tell you this. Rip gave the people what they wanted. They wanted, to, they wanted confetti, and he gave them confetti. Dang it. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. So after uh, the, the intro where Rip Taylor covered the audience in confetti and had this bevy of beauties, I mean, he must have had probably a dozen women behind him. Don't know if they're future contestants or past contestants or just hired models, but... He had all these women in swimsuits behind him. And then he introduced the celebrities. We'll get to the celebrities in a little bit. Uh, There were three. And I believe Chico mentioned this earlier. Maybe it was Greg uh, before we started recording. It was me. They did absolutely nothing. Yes. This is the easiest paycheck in Hollywood. They they, they chose the final winner, but other than that, they didn't say a word. They just waved to the audience. They just watched the the whole proceedings going on. I don't even think they chose the winner. Well, I think think it looks like they deliberated, but at the very least, one of the celebrities, I think the the one furthest away from the stage, gave either uh, Rip the, uh, the final winner uh, in an envelope, or he gave it to the sidekick, who we'll get to later on, because I- I've got stuff yeah. to say about the sidekick. Yeah. But the, the best part is, the sh- the best part about this show is the celebrities and their reactions to what the contestants are doing. This is probably the best paycheck in the whole world to be on this show, and you, and you, just, you just watch some people do some ridiculous stuff, and... It's comedy gold from there. Yeah. It's money for nothing, baby. Add your checks for free. So after we meet the celebrities, we have our introduction of the contestants for the night. They came down a little staircase, generally wearing like dresses. And I wouldn't even say evening dresses. It wasn't anything fancy. And you'd hear Johnny Jacobs, the announcer, saying, here's contestant one, you know, Jan Smith from, you know, Poughkeepsie, New York. And she's, you know, 27 years old. So just a basic overview, nothing fancy. And Rip would always, you know, talk with the contestant and have some snappy one-liner at the end, making fun of either the person's where they live, sometimes maybe their ethnicity, nothing too fierce, but always had some quick little one-liner. And then here's contestant two, same thing, come down the staircase, Rip says, hi, you know, uh, what do you do for a living? And and then he makes some little snappy uh, one-liner or retort and then repeat for the other six contestants. And then we get to the talent portion. Well, we should put talent in air quotes. 
Well, the it, when they when we say talent, it it really is as wild a card as you can get because it could be they could be genuinely talented or uh, the kind of the one that you mentioned earlier, Chico. Okay. Oh, okay. So on one of the episodes that's on YouTube, we have a lovely we have lovely Rita from Belize, then British Honduras. Her talent was balancing two champagne glasses on her boobs. <laughs> well, she's definitely she went on to win the whole thing. By the way. She she definitely has two talents. We know that much. I I can only imagine why she won. <laughs> Gwen, uh, Greg, behave. Why would I say Gwen? I don't know. So, um, was that the episode that has Peter Lawford as a celebrity? They might explain. Though no, uh, the uh, no, the the episode I watched had uh, Rosie Greer and. Oh, and Mackenzie Phillips. Yes, yes, yes. Well, don't say the rest of the celebrities because I know what you're talking about. We'll get through the celebrity rundown a little bit or some of the celebrities. So, yeah, the the talent competition was, I mean, there are legitimately good talents. You'd have dancers and singers, piano players, people doing gymnastics or cheerleading. But then you'd have, like, as Chico said, the not really talent, but you know what? The cutting room Cutting it's the floor of America's Got Talent material, basically. It, it, it's, it's the 70s. It's the jiggle factor. I'm going to put champagne glasses on my boobs. <laughs> yeah. Only from Chuck Barris. And then after that, we get the swimsuit competition. And oh. Well, okay, if you say so. Johnny Jacobs would introduce each girl and he would give their their measurements. If yes. that isn't a little uh I, I don't I don't know, invading one's privacy a little bit. Here, here's your measurements. 34, 24, 32. Maybe oh. this was the Chuck Barris version of the proverbial casting couch. Hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean by that. Yes, I know what you mean by that. Okay. I can't but, not know what you mean by that. Okay, but yeah, I, I really think that I think that uh, this was sort of the Chuck Barris version of the casting couch in terms of, okay, here, now we know the measurements of the girl. We know where she lives. I mean, the only thing they didn't like broadcast was her social security number. In addition to the measurements, Johnny Jacobs would always have very comedic lines. I mean, obviously fed to him, but, you know, uh, they'd say, oh, she was born in Arkansas and she spent her first 18 years of life, you know, living on a pig farm. Oh, and, and she was the, the main pig or something like that. I mean, oh. some, some, well, I mean sometimes it'd be very sarcastic, some of the comments, uh, you know, very jokingly funny to get a laugh out of the audience. It wasn't totally biographical. There was some comedic factor, and um, and then after the each contestant uh, showed off their their stuff, if you will, their figure, they stood on uh, the side of the stage on, uh, against a wall, and then we had a final break, and the judges quote unquote deliberated over a winner, and 
the winner, as I said, gave some sort of assistance. And this guy, he looked like a cross. He, he was dressed as a cross between, like, William Shakespeare and one of the three musketeers. He had this... <laughs> he, did you look at this, Greg? He looked yes! like... He, he, he looks he, like he, the he, community he, theater version of a bard. Yeah, he's he's wearing this this hat that would be like a Three Musketeers type of hat, and he's wearing like purple suede and and velvet, and he's wearing even like purple leggings. He he, he looks like you know like the one of the Three Musketeers or or somebody from Shakespearean times, and he'd run and bring Rip Taylor over the envelope. And he'd rip it open and say, you know, tonight's second place winner or runner up is blank. And then the winner is blank. And then you get into the, the, the serenade. And as Rip is serenading, the bard, I think that's what we'll just call him, the bard. The bard rolls a little red carpet down the runway so the, uh, the day's winner could walk down it. And Rip Taylor adorns the the winner of the day with a tiara, a headdress, very reminiscent of something that you would see on the Statue of Liberty, but it's missing one of the spikes. <laughs> sort of signifying the cheapness of the whole effort. Uh, and also, he would give a a bouquet, uh, and so not roses, but of like rotten vegetables and and cabbage and carrots. <laughs> Oh. I mean, th this is like the epitome of the. Ch it's showing the cheapness. This is great. Yep. Yeah, it was a it was a bouquet. It was a bouquet from the salad bar, a tiara with one of the spikes missing, a dirty robe, a cheap a cheap sash, and of course the titular prize of a dollar ninety eight all in change. Which Rip Taylor dispensed from a coin dispenser on his belt. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yep. He gave he gave the coin he got the coins out and he gave it to the contestant. <laughs> he didn't have a paper dollar bill and some coins. No, no, no. He got he gave him the entire dollars worth of coins. Now the only way this might get better, and I use the word might, is if there's a giant prop check for a dollar ninety eight that came out. <laughs> it's That's like paid to the order of the winner. Memo winning. Oh wait, Do not no, that's over a dollar ninety eight. Oh wait a minute, no, that was the almost impossible game show. By the way, future installment, the almost impossible game show. Uh, after Rip Taylor gave the day's winner her prizes and her sash and her rotten vegetables, he would serenade her. And here's that serenade now.
just brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it, Mike? Uh, it brings a feeling. It, it brings something. I don't know about a tear to my eye. Maybe that was indigestion. I don't know. But uh, in all of this, it's important to remember one thing, and I have it right here, and I had to blow it up after capturing it on my tablet here. Because Game Show Network, when they ran the show, they like to squeeze in Chris Evans and his friends guessing salmonella or botulism or... Anyway. And you know what's what's a rip, Chico? We didn't even get to see America's ass from Chris Evans. No, we did not. Okay, anyway, all of this, we must remember one thing. If you take nothing else from this show, remember this one thing. The preceding program was not a contest and was intended as entertainment only. All winners were selected by the production company. Well, you mentioned the Game Show Network airings from about 2001 and 2002. As a kid, I actually remember this being rerun on Saturday nights, probably around 1984, 85, maybe as late as 86. Uh, And actually, that was sort of the case with uh, a number of the Bears shows from back in the late 70s. Uh, Newwood game reruns and dating game reruns, I remember, were airing uh, on independent television in this area. Uh, It would have been probably about 1983, 84-ish. Yeah, I I remember that. I remember that much because uh, uh, I remember they would air on, I I believe I was living in... uh, Kansas City at the time, and they aired either on KSHB forty one back when it was an independent, or K or KZ or KZKC back when it was an independent. Right, yeah, they uh, the the Newlywood game and maybe the dating game I know aired on WCLQ here again like eighty three eighty four, uh, but the dollar ninety eight beauty show was one of the early shows that current CBS affiliate and former Fox affiliate WOIO aired when it first launched, I believe it was 84, 84, 85. I think it was 84 when it launched. And that was actually sort of appointment TV for me as a nine or 10 year old. And that tells you a heck of a lot about me. (laughs) It does. It does. Sadly. Yes. This had it all. This had all the energy entertainment that you could possibly want in 1978 and we haven't even gotten to the celebrities oh you know, let's get this is let's the best get, part this is the best part because the, 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 this is like a who's who of late 70s you had some retreads uh you had peter lawford but he was making the rounds in the 70s uh, he played pyramid at some point in the 70s yeah uh, and he was also he was also uh, Peter Lawford was also on what we mentioned back in episode five, the aforementioned pilot episode of Monday Night Quarterback. And uh, Rosie Greer, when Rosie Greer was definitely a household name, not just from football, but he was even doing acting in the 70s. Yes, he was uh, a, a young lady at the time, Mackenzie Phillips, who would have been on one day at a time. Right. Uh, J.P. Morgan who we all know from the gong show and, and uh, other Chuck Berra shows and, and even some singing Trini Lopez. Wait, what? Trini Lopez. Do you need to look up who Trini Lopez is? I may have to. 
I mean, the, same, I mean, the name same. is. The, I mean, the name is familiar, uh, or maybe I was thinking of Trini Alvarado, but anyway, Trini Lopez, American musician. First album included a version of "If I Had a Hammer." There you go. Still with us, by the way. Like I said, everybody knows who Trini Lopez is. <laughs> Next, we have another veteran from the game show circuit Fred Travelina and he probably was in so much pain because he couldn't do any of his impressions he had to sit down and be quiet <laughs> again best job in Hollywood if you could get it in 1978 and then after Fred Travelina we had again another TV mainstay from pretty much like the 50s through I would almost say her death. Dr. Joyce Brothers. I mean, she was on yep. everything. Everything. She was the one of the original people who was on the circuit known for being, well, known. For, for being somebody. Well, no, she, well, she was known for more than being known. Yep. She did win the big prize on $64,000 question. Yeah, and that was it, basically it. She yeah, was the she, Ken Jennings. She was the Ken Jennings back in the day. Oh, I'm going to disagree with you because Ken Jennings has done far more than that. He's a writer. He's a podcast host. Yes. Yeah. He's more than... uh, I mean, he got his popularity from Jeopardy, obviously, but I don't think Joyce Brothers... I'm sure she's written a book or two because, you know, she had that celebrity... She's totally written a book or two. Did she have a podcast, though? Well, Dr. Joyce Brothers... Hold up. Hold it up, guys. Dr. Joyce Brothers was in The Naked Gun. She was. Yeah, Ken Jennings wasn't. I'll give you that. <laughs> maybe, if we, maybe if we cast a Naked Gun reboot, maybe we can cast Ken in that. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't do Naked Gun ever again. I'm No, no Leslie Nielsen, no sale. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Oh. And then, and then after uh, Dr. Joyce, we had Anson Williams, Patsy from Happy Days, yeah, and Mabel King, who was the mother on What's Happening, I believe. Let me you are correct, check. sir. Okay, I won't double check that, but so yeah, that was what Mabel King was known for. Next, we have well another act perfect for this show. We have Waylon Flowers and Madam. Who was another fixture from the late 70s and early 80s. Oh, hey. They had their own show, Madam. I don't know if it's a submission, but it should be. As Greg goes through the submission list to see if it's already in there. I, I, I never put that in there. Yeah, man. How many ever how many ever chances are we gonna talk about Waylon Flowers and Madam? Uh the final uh, the final Hollywood Squares, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they were on the, in the center square, yes. And that used to be rerun on USA back in like eighty five or so. I remember that. Oh oh uh, what wasn't rerun on USA back in nineteen eighty five? Uh Dowling ninety eight beauty show for one. Uh but but also uh Madam's place. I believe well, had one of the Lander sisters, if not both. So either Audrey or Judy was on there, if not both of them. 
Sorry, we're doing more show prep as we do the show. <laughs> uh, so next we next we have Morty Allen. He who recently passed away, but also he of the, the crazy hair. Uh, yeah, I believe this was before he did Pac-Man. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Pac-Man would have been like 83, and this was 78 to 80. So definitely before Pac-Man. Jamie Four, Yeah, from MASH. Yep. And every other game show in the 70s and 80s. And a pilot of many a show, but never getting on air. Outside of that one wordplay episode, or that one week. And speaking of game shows... We have Chuck Lorre on this, uh, as a panelist here on the $1.98 Beauty Show. Because at this time, Chuck would have been hosting Wheel of Fortune. Yes, he was. And then after that, we have Louis Nye, not the science guy. No, he's a he's another Nye. And, and uh, we have another Chuck Barris favorite, the unknown comic Murray Langston. Man, you know it's it's got to be very tough, you know, with those facials because all he could see with unknown comic is that dang paper bag. But you know, the paper bag fits the dollar ninety eight motif. Think about it. Oh, it does, and it makes his job that much easier. Yeah, because then, because then we won't, we don't have to see what he really thinks about these crappy uh, performances. Exactly. Maybe, or maybe we do. He just writes it on his bag. How can he write on that bag? I don't know. He's got other talents, doesn't he? Uh, speaking of talents, oh boy, Steve Garvey. Oh, I know why he's on this show. Oh, no. uh, oh, we're going to step right into this one there, Chico. <laughs> why is he on the show, Greg? Why is he on the show, Greg? Because he had sex with a lot of women. <laughs> <laughs> Not untrue. He, he got a lot of babies. And then I'm going to wrap up with three celebrities that I purposely saved for last because... One of them is, he's sort of a celebrity, and the other two are like, what hole did you drag these folks out of? The first one is Dorothy L'Amour. Dorothy L'Amour was in the road films with uh, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope back in the uh, 40s and 50s. So, I mean, I'm not uh, discrediting her. Uh, she, she's obviously a very popular actress, but it's like, a name that I really wouldn't expect to see on a game show in 1978 is Dorothy L'Amour. We also had Patty Andrews from the Andrews Sisters. And really, unless there was a disco version of Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from Company B in the 70s, that's like going back a generation and a half, almost two generations for heaven's sakes. Because Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy was World War II, like 41 so, yeah, let's get somebody on here who's popular for a, a, a song for the boys fighting overseas back in the early 40s, 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago at that point. And then this one, this one puzzled me. But after thinking about it, you know, he is a, a semi-celebrity, if you will. 
Roger Owens, and you're probably saying, who is Roger Owens? Who is Roger Owens? Who is Roger Owens? Why, I'm glad you asked. He's the peanut man at Dodger Stadium. He's been on Johnny Carson. Uh, He's been serving peanuts at Dodger Stadium now for 60 years. He's the one that is, like, really accurate and does, like, the trick throws behind the back and through the legs and all that. He was a judge on the $1.98 beauty show. And also, when he was uh, shown, when they uh, when Rip Taylor announced him, what did he do? He threw a bag of peanuts in the audience. <laughs> Bravo. That is terrific. He, he's living up to his name. He's the peanut man. <laughs> so, yeah, easiest gig in Hollywood. If you were somebody who needed a paycheck, even if you were a peanut vendor at Dodger Stadium, you were on the Dollar Ninety Eight Beauty Show. <laughs> the Dollar Ninety Eight Beauty Show, though, did give us some celebrities—not immediate celebrities, but still celebrities in their own right. Probably the most famous one is Sandra Bernhardt. Yes, she of the Gap Teeth and the Roseanne Show. She was on the Dollar Ninety Eight Beauty Show. Uh, we also had Teresa Ganzel, a very popular name in TV, one of the best pyramid players there ever was, and she was uh, on the Carson Show on the Tonight Show. She was uh, Art Fern's sidekick uh, for the Tea Time movies. She was the Tea Time movie girl after Carol Wayne, and she was also on Future Entry. The Duck Factory. <laughs> uh, and oh, I we also forgot she was on the Duck Factory. I she forgot was she duck was factory. on the Duck Factory. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And wow. also, right. Uh, and also, we had Rhonda Shear, who was known for one thing, really. Uh, people of a certain age would know who she is. People older than probably about, gosh, I would hope about. 30 or so, 35, because if you were 35 now and you saw this back in the 90s, you were a bad person. No, 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 it's just inappropriate for people that young. But she was, well, I'll let Rhonda say it. USA, up, all night. Up, 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 all All night. night. (laughs) (laughs) And that, I think, is sadly like the only thing she's known for. adult stuff. And then uh, the other person with a game show connection is Lou Mulford, who was actually a model on Sale of the Century back in the 80s. This was before the Geico commercial, right? Uh, Geico commercial was 2010s and Sale of the Century is 1980s. Yes, the math works out. So, yeah, there were actually people who sort of, this might have been like a launch board. By, by the way, uh, Lou Mulford, she has, her, she has her own YouTube channel. Really good if you want to see what proper demos look like. And, and if you want to see Rhonda Shear doing Up All Night, uh, Rhonda Shear has a YouTube channel with a lot of that Up All Night footage. Just her sitting around in slinky garb, her big flowing blonde hair, the big puffy blonde hair of the, the early 90s and late 80s. And she's talking about these campy softcore porn-ish movies that USA used to show on Friday and Saturday nights. 
And then after she describes, you know, her little, uh, the movie or the scenario she's in, she does her little up all night. <laughs> we don't know if uh, Teresa Ganzel or if Sandra Bernhardt have any YouTube channels. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I really, I really do hope Teresa Ganzel has a YouTube channel. And she better have every episode of the Duck Factory on there. Oh, yeah, I hope yeah. so. And every time she was on the Carson show and did the Tea Time Lady. Oh, I'm sorry. I love the Tea Time Lady and and uh, and, and uh, Art Fern, the Slosson Cutoff. Now get off and cut your Slosson. <laughs> and cut off your Slosson. Oh, my gosh. Remember, if you show your Slosson in public, it'll get you 5 to 10. And if it's long, maybe you'll get 15 to 20. No, no. Um, <laughs> and uh, one thing I want to mention before we close out the show, there was actually an episode of the $1.98 Beauty Show which had seven contestants. And this seven is, contestants? Seven! This, this is clearly staged. Because what happened is it was whittled down to six. What happened is one of the contestants was doing some sort of act, singing or, or dancing or something in that realm. Uh-huh. And she was wearing essentially like a wedding gown kind of mixed with like lingerie. So she right. was sort of like, so it wasn't a full wedding gown with the full train. It was more like lingerie that looked like a wedding gown in terms of being white. And she, I think she had even like the, the veil and the headdress on. And so Rip Taylor came back from the commercial after all seven contestants had done their, their talent acts and said that whatever contestant she was, I think it was contestant three, uh, ran off the stage in embarrassment after her, her, uh, her, her performance and couldn't be found. So we're going to move on with the six contestants that are left. <laughs> so yeah, that's actually on YouTube. An episode that started with seven contestants and then mysteriously one of the contestants ran away off the stage out of the stage in embarrassment <laughs> oh my god well they put a little monkey wrench in things i mean it mixed things up a little bit oh uh, yeah oh you want to talk about interesting little monkey wrenches tell about the guy and the guy in drag they had that one time well, there was a guy in drag, and I think it was, and I'm not 100% sure of this, but if you see it, it's in the opening credits of the show. I'm pretty sure that guy is Gene Gene the Dancing Machine. Yes. Oh, I'm almost, I am almost certain of it. And I, I never saw this episode either on GSN or as a kid, but I would assume it's either a gag or yeah, maybe he just came down as like a surprise or an April Fool's or something. Who knows? But yeah, it's in the opening credits. You see Gene Gene the Dancing Machine. He came down the staircase and he's wearing a dress and a pillbox hat and appeared to be one of the contestants. But <clears throat> was he? We really will never know. Oh, well, God. that was the Dollar Ninety Eight Beauty Show. Yeah. Uh... What, what can I say except there was uh, so much going on with this. And when I say so much, the only thing that can possibly be said about the $1.98 beauty show, <sighs> it was a thing on TV. As always, 
thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Greg and thank you to Chico as always. And remember, you can find everything about this little endeavor at www.itwasathingontv.com. Again, www.itwasathingontv.com. Please be careful. If you misspell it, we're not responsible for anything you may see at www.itwasathongontv.com. Oh, for the law! You, you might see. Cry. You might see the law. You might see the last episode of the Dollar Ninety Eight PD show. Oh, no, no. That was horrible, Chico. Come on. That really was. Uh, and I made it. And I made a comment about <laughs> Garvey having sex with a lot of women. Uh, oh dearie. Yeah, it's it's been one of those shows. Well, until later this week when we cover another entry, thank you again, as always, for listening. Don't forget, like and subscribe, rate and review. Tell folks about us. We, we love uh, hearing good comments about us. And we'll uh, be back with another episode later this week of It Was a Thing on TV. Bye-bye. You win the prize, you take the cake, you get the crown and a dollar ninety-eight. You ring the bell, you hit the spot. In other words, we like what you've got. We like your style. You have such grace. We love your smile. And just look at that face. Your dream came true. And may your shining star stay with you, whatever you do. Wherever you are. Now give me my rotten vegetables and my dollar ninety-eight and change. Sing it, oh. Scooby. <laughs> Bravo. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>